This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. All righty. Hello and welcome to another episode of Revolution Church's Meet Your Congregation. I am Caleb Rowe here with Pastor Jay Baker. Hey, Jay. Hey. Me- good to meet you. Good to I'm meet you. Meet My the name's congregation. <laughs> and we are here with online congregation member Brian. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. And you are the winner of our very first, uh, I guess, uh, first as of, I don't know if you all ever did them back in the day before you moved to, before. Well, uh, our very first Instagram our, giveaway. Our first Instagram merchandise giveaway. Yeah, and that shirt's like like a hug you put on yourself. It's, oh man, it's so good. I'm wearing oh, one okay. right I was now. like, was that a good thing? <laughs> no, they're very comfortable. Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> very comfortable shirts. Um, so where are we talking to you from, Brian? Is it Odin? Is that you say your last name, Odin? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I'm in a, a little town in north central Iowa called Osage. Um, and uh, so about two hours from where you where you all are at. Okay. Uh, Iowa. Yeah. Nice. Iowa. The bustling metropolis. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Of about 3,600 people. Nice. And um, am I remembering correctly? Are you a pastor? I am. Yeah, I'm a pastor in the ELCA. Oh, um, we love the ELCA. Yeah. I, I know. You like you guys are like up in the ELCA Mecca. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, that sure is here. Uh-huh. There's a church. <laughs> that's true. That's I, I, true. I, I, will, I will argue that that's why Revelation never really took off here. Because there's so many progressive churches. Just here. the ELCA especially. It's like, it's like just, you know, the jam. Yeah. And then you've got and like Solomon's the Universalist Porch. Unitarians and Solomon's Porch. Yeah. So the odds were against us. <sighs> All that competition. <laughs> How long have you been doing that for? How long have you been pastoring for? Um, I graduated from seminary in 2018. Um, but I was, while I was in seminary, I was doing like online work. And so um, I was in a church kind of learning as I was going. So I had an internship, but like before I had my internship, I had already kind of been preaching and leading worship. And um, I, I like to, I like to know how things look on the ground. I don't necessarily like the, um, what, like all, all theoretical, all philosophical, like I want it to be practical. Mm -hmm. And so learning, so I've been in churches kind of full time, since 2014 oh. or so okay, um okay. but kind of officially ordained you know uh recognized whatever you want to call it cool um 2018 cool i spoke at a ucla ucla elca <laughs> convention years and years ago the youth convention yeah yeah that was pretty wild. actually they had to, they had to postpone that it was going to be up in minneapolis this last or this summer and uh. um so they they're going to do it. They're going to try it next year. Gotcha. That's a bi- that's the biggest event I've ever spoken at in my life. Those things are gigantor. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Yep. Cool, man. Yeah. So, um, what are you having a, a a home church and being so involved in it? What brought you to being uh, involved with Revolution to the extent that you are? Well, um, 
I, I think, Jay, I've, I've heard you speak at least a few times in different places. Were you ever at like um, Life Fest? Yes. Yeah. Quite okay. a few I times, saw you at Life Fest. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I listened to another podcast called The Inglorious Pastards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of like just through a couple of different channels, I've like kind of stayed connected with what Jay's been up to. And I go through these cycles of like, sometimes I'm just really happy with things the way they are. And then other yeah. times I kind of need to seek out other, other voices and other, yeah. um, you know, other ways of thinking. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, I really find what you all are doing with revolution church, um, just, uh, really inspiring to me as, as not just a Christian, but as a pastor. So like engaging in conversations cool and the, the hard, the hard discussions, you know, like, um, and, and being able to engage with them without getting like, um, you know, totally overwhelmed is like, mm. that's a big inspiration for me. And so I kind of said like, I, I have my church where I preach at, and then I go to revolution church and I get to be mm. part of the congregation. I get to be like, I get to hear the good news for myself nice. instead of, instead of like, trying to find that from other people in my congregation. Yeah. So I kind of said, I've been saying like, you all are my like online congregation, even though I've, even though I've never like seen you all or, or rub shoulders or elbows with, with other folks. Like it's a place that I go. Yeah. Um, I can, I can feel what I'm hopefully offering to other people. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's awesome to hear actually. It really you is. Know. You know, you don't expect pastors to be listening to you. It's like, like, oh no, someone who knows my theology is shit. Um, <laughs> but but they're ELCA, so I can cover it up with a few buzz terms. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Luther. We'll right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just like hearing hearing those hearing those other voices, you know, like I really appreciate what you both bring to the table, and that you open your platform up. For other folks too, I, mm. I can't remember. Can't remember the gentleman's name who spoke. Ed, Reverend, Reverend yeah, Ed, yeah, yeah, yep. Ed Hurd. you know, and like to be able to hear, hear and experience and consider other voices aside from my own or aside from the predominant cultural voice of Christianity is yeah. just like a real to me. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, so it's something I, I really appreciate. That's great. Well, you... I liked that too because I felt like it was such a radical difference from oh, what gosh. you hear usually. You know, it's usually me or Caleb or someone like kind of like, well, and then I was kind of thinking this, you know, but then you have somebody who's coming in and be like, the gospel says. Right. Prophesying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, pretty, I, I loved it. I just love the fact that we're able to, you know, start to offer some diversity in speaking, but mm. also, you know, because I think we've always done it with, with the, the congregation as well, I mean, we haven't been doing meet your, I mean, uh, the Q and a very long, mm. but I think that's offered a lot of different viewpoints, the but Q&A, it's also nice. Jay. Yeah. No, no. The Q and a after service, oh, oh, the afterglow, the afterglow. And then, um, and, and then, you know, now having some different speakers, I think is fun. Totally. Too. Yeah. Are some of those things that you were, uh, describing there, Brian, are some of those things, the, the things that attract you to revolution? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I I have a profound respect for people who are passionate 
and who are um, trying something new and are just willing to be honest and authentic with where they are as people and where they are in their faith. And um, when you're in a congregation that's like older and established and kind of just has the, the culture of, you know, you put on your Sunday clothes and you put on your Sunday smile and you say, everything's fine, Pastor. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be able to hear people have conversations and wrestle and, and really be willing to, um, you know, be willing to say things and have the, have the discussions that are a little harder for folks and a little trickier. Um, cause I, I mean, I really think that like God is revealed to us through people yeah. in a big mm. way. And if we can't be authentic and honest, we're not getting an authentic and honest view of God. Mm. Like we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people around us to really not shy away from hard conversations or difficult emotions or experiences. Like we owe it to ourselves and to others to be honest and caring and compassionate and vulnerable with it, I think, um, because that's in part where we see God at work. Yeah. I think growing up in a in a church system where being vulnerable was not was not I don't want to say it was frowned upon. Yeah, it was far from encouraged. Yeah, and I think people were afraid of it a little bit. Yeah. Like if I if I'm on, it was you know, an unspoken discouraged so sort of thing. I felt like that was something that my whole church life I, I missed. Yeah, you know, and I think that's absolutely was the type of thing that that brought it to revolution. And I also think. Uh, having not having a formal education in theology and kind of being all self-taught was a big part of of uh of trying to do that as well you know yeah absolutely well you know it's like it's one of those situations where it's like well it's a slippery slope between being authentic and then having actual doubts and when we when we <laughs> yeah when we criminalize when we demonize or villainize or you know when we discourage doubts we're really discouraging authentic faith because how can you how can you have it without you know it. like yeah i mean it's it's the um it's it's part of the journey and if we ignore the hard parts of the journey we're never going to get anywhere yeah we've got to have it and it's got to be there and, and it's got to be evident i agree um and i'm not yeah. trying to toot my own horn i'm just saying it's just i feel like it's something i was lucky enough to kind of stumble upon myself yeah but, you know totally I, I, yeah just yeah i i do have I think there was a, a uh, there used to be a, a, a youth specialties. There was a guy who helped run youth specialties called Mike Iaconelli, and he wrote, oh yeah yeah he wrote a book called Messy Spirituality, and uh, it was just it was phenomenal because he was very very blunt, very honest about things and about the Christianity, yeah. about faith, and I was just so drawn to that, mm. you know. And Brennan Manning's book that he wrote right before he died, and it, it didn't come out until after he he, he had passed. Everything's grace was one of those things where you saw this like complete human of just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, when I was seeing him speak, he was struggling with alcoholism and he mm-hmm. was doing this and, you know, and, and it's just the realities of being human, you yeah. know, actually being human being and actually living and also saying like, okay, well, I have something, but it, you know, it's been, was sold to me as a cure. And what I realize is it's not, you know, it's not a cure. Right. But it does help yeah. with life, yeah. you know, and, 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 but it's not always there 
when you think it should right. be, you know, right. um, is, is I think from, I mean, it keeps me coming back to do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, cause who wants to follow something that's not real, you know? And I think that's right. why it's good to sometimes question it and say, yeah. you know, I don't know. Right. Well, and I think, you know, there's so many, like the, the churches as we are, um, you know, ch- the church culture has, is changing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's not really a disputable fact, really. I mean, like, it's just, it's changing. And I think a big part of that is that people have been sold the idea of faith as a cure for so long. And people have been told, you know, told that like doubts are, doubts have to be avoided because if you have doubts, you can't have faith. And I think that especially people who are uh, more, more people are beginning to be more interested in a journey and an authentic idea of self that they don't have to feel shame about what they're, what they're experiencing. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a really engaging message, Yeah. you know, and I can also see like there was a time when I wanted the cure and I wanted the answer. Right. And so there's times when being said, being told like, all right, you're stuck in this situation. You've got this rut that you're in. I have the answer and I can help you get out. Well, great. Like that's really helpful at the time, but like it doesn't do anything for me right now. And I would much rather wrestle with something and struggle with something and come out of it feeling like I actually, I've, I've progressed as a person and, um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely, I definitely think I missed that that certainty a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, um, but at the same time, it's I feel like I'm better able to do my job as yeah. a pastor yeah. right. with, yep. with without it. You know, um, and I'm better able, I think, to just face the world. Like, yeah, when when we when we view things in, in terms of like absolute certainty, mm. I cut, I cut myself off from a lot of people that I, I really like, I look back and I go, man, I, I didn't give them a fair shot yeah. because they didn't fall into what I thought was like the way, the one way to the right live ducks in the right row. Right. And like how many, how many people have I written out of, my own story and not journeyed with because I didn't, I wasn't comfortable around the ambiguity or I wasn't comfortable around like the gray areas. Right. And now I, you know, now I really treasure those moments and those times when like now I, I have friends and I have people in my life who I otherwise wouldn't have listened to or wouldn't have paid attention to because now I'm, I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning to, embrace that ambiguity and those questions and those doubts and, and being vulnerable. And my life is a lot better. I'm in a lot fuller for having those people and those experiences, um, in my life and in my story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have the, the us and thems together. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and that's, you know, I think Mike, for me too, it's like, you know, the concept of grace just continuously pushes me further into that. Of mm-hmm. Everyone, 
you know, I can needs to be a part of my story. And it might, might, you know, start to look like, oh, I've got to reach out to these people because I've got to help them, (laughs) you know, or I I need need to, you know, I need to make help keep them in check or something like that. You know, I have something to teach. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course the opposite happens. They have something to teach me or it's just a teachable moment in the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I wish more people could see that in, in Christianity, progressives and, and conservatives, because I think we both have our, our blinders on. Totally. You know, and yep. if we could move across lines, denominational lines, and of yeah. course, and um, political, political lines. Um, Identity yeah, when the us and them gets mm-hmm. taken away. Uh, right. Something interesting happens, and uh, mm-hmm. but it's also something very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, the idea of like taking up your cross and dying to yourself mm-hmm. and, and things like that uh, has become more tangible than when that was when it was of this this is it sin or is it this you know am I supposed to die to my sin <laughs> you know now it's like man there's all sorts of stuff I have to die to yeah. you know there's all sorts right. of stuff I have to push myself to there's all sorts of crosses I have to pick up um, and that's just a human fact you know and I, and I think we miss right. out on that you know and the, is that is, is is Christ's call for us to be haphazardly human mm. to be human yeah and right. uh, and to experience that and to experience that is as a lot of cross carrying, a lot of suffering. Absolutely. So I know I'm preaching yeah. to the choir a little bit, but but but, but <laughs> no, the fact well, that's, the, what, that's what brings me to re- uh, revolution. <laughs> preaching to the preacher, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's, it's the whole thing is that I, that's also why I can be as candid with you about it right now is because we're in the same line of work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and no one else will ever hear this. Yeah, no, it's a completely <laughs> private conversation. This can be just between us, Jay. But no, I'm really, um, I do, I, I, I do find it really encouraging that someone from one of my favorite denominations. I, I think I recently had someone ask me if I was to have to join a denomination. What denomination would it be? And I think it was a different uh, cross between either the ELCA or the Metropolitan Community Church. Oh, um, oh okay. I really like some of the. I, I, there's just a lot of openness for for theology in that mm, denomination. I'm not familiar with them. I thought you might say Episcopal or something. MCC, Metropolitan Community Church. Mm-mm, I'm not familiar. First openly gay denomination. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Anyhow, what do you mean by openly gay? You mean like to to like the pastors were gay? And I thought Episcopal was no to MCC. nominate. No, gay. a completely denomination started by a gay man. Oh, started. By yeah. A gay man. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Remember cool. that interview I did with that pastor? Yeah. He's one okay, of the pastors. Okay, yeah. got it. So anyway, those are my Steve, two churches. Steve, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, guys. Sorry about the detour. Good. You're good. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So what are, you know, I know you're probably, you know, you're going through the the end of the world like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> so before we go to our big question, um, how how are things there how are things with the with what's going on with covid and all that i know we're kind of living in an insane an extremely insane time and i think everybody's just kind of curious how everybody else is doing right yeah you know um one of the advantages of living in a smaller town is we're already a little more isolated than you know than larger communities um but we have had we have been hit actually my wife and i had it um 
wow. in uh, end of June, early July. And, you know, we were lucky. We were, you know, uh, we never had to go to the hospital for anything, but it definitely wasn't fun. It was a really rough two weeks and it took me about a month to like kind of get my energy back and my, you know, feeling yeah kind of human again. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, um, we're, we've been in, we've been in this town for about two years and, um, people really stepped up when we needed them to. And it was really encouraging to be like, um, to, to be kind of going back to vulnerability, right. Being like, I'm sick and this is scary. And just kind of feeling like people stepped up and people really, um, cared and, and showed us a lot of love that, um, was really humbling, you know, um, honestly. And, um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the journey continues, the, we got school starting this, this coming week and we're going to be doing online classes, but, um, kind of learning how that's going to look. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Hopefully we can get back to like in school, in-person classes where, um, you know, uh, where the district is offering two different options. And so we're really hoping that eventually we can get back to, um, get back, get the kids back to school and see their friends and their teachers and all that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That you know, my kids are in uh daycare, but it's still, man, it's still kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are, uh, five, six and eight. So oh, they're wow. like, um, younger. And so teaching, teaching a kindergartner online is, gonna be uh yeah we actually we my son's birthday is uh on tuesday and we kept him out we decided to put him in the next year yeah because of covid i mean he could go this year that we had him actually enrolled to go start now but yeah uh, but you know kindergarten on on uh zoom on zoom is probably you know (laughs) kind of weird Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it'll i'm sure it'll work i mean they're smart kids yeah um but it's going to be a little like, uh, I mean, it's going to just be a little wild. Yeah. And it'll be wild to see when they grow up, what it was like for them to, yeah. to talk to them and be like, what was it like for you to yeah. deal with, <laughs> you know, I've been keeping a journal throughout, throughout this. And it's like, you know, eventually I know my grandkids are going to be like, Hey, what was it like, uh, living through a pandemic? And I'll be like, here, I wrote the book about it. Oh, wow. that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It'll become like a, an official history book like required, <laughs> required reading or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> I survived. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, April 18th, year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> right. This really sucks. <laughs> oh, home again. Yeah. Home again. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, questions we always ask is um, – and you being a pastor, yeah, maybe you maybe you have two cents here. Inside uh, uh, advice um, is, you know, is there anything that we could be doing better or more of, um, or less of, but really more of um, that you see or something new or something try. new, you know, different ideas, different thoughts. But we just always try to get the congregation's feedback of, you know, what 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 do you what do you think you know because we're not sitting sure. on a table talking to anybody right now so right yeah yeah um i think i mean this is just for me right like i can only speak for me sure. you're you're kind of doing just what i like i mean like i i can't 
meet with you all in person, right? Um, both from a both from a, a ge- geographical uh, standpoint, and also just you know I've got you know Sunday mornings are pretty well booked up for me, and um, and so to be able to like revisit the podcast and like hear the discussion kind of throughout the week. Um, you know, when I'm folding laundry or taking a walk or, you know, like just, um, you know, it, what you all are doing is kind of giving me, um, like showing me grace and giving me hope, Mm. um, like just in, in my daily life as I live. Um, and so for me, I mean, like, I love the idea of kind of getting, um, more voices and using your platform to like, um, you know, give other people the microphone, but I also love what you both have to say too. So it's, um, you know, it's, you know, not, not to like, you know, stroke your ego, but like you guys are doing exactly what I, what I need for me personally. Um, Yeah, man, that's amazing to hear. Would you see any ways that maybe our churches might be able to collaborate somehow? Oh dude, I'd love that. I would really love Um, that. That's kind yeah, of nice I would. thing here recently is trying to figure out ways to do that. Like yeah. how we did like how we did with Ed Hurd with yeah. Ed Hurd. Sure. Yeah. No, I'd love to figure something out. Um, you know, as we move into the fall programming a little bit, you know, we're a um we're a church that has a pretty big Sunday school program, like hundred and twenty five kids or something like that. So like as we move into the fall and we kind of see what that's gonna look like, um yeah, I'd love it if we could like connect on something. Yeah. I wonder if there'd be a way we could do a trade. Maybe one, maybe you or one of your people could speak for us, and maybe yeah. one of us or both of us could speak for you or something. Yeah, or even like I, I've been thinking of doing something like a like a fellowship hour on Zoom. So we're not oh, cool. like one hundred percent in person right now. So okay. like, let's have a Zoom call and let's have like somebody come in and like talk for fifteen twenty minutes, kind of like. Yeah. share a story or give their perspective on something or, or whatever. And j- like let people kind of have the conversation give and take, yeah. um, you know, and just, I don't know what we'll call it. Coffee hour, fellowship yeah. hour, really some, like you know, like, well, I think the cool th- thing about it, this, this, this isolation at this time is that it's realized how much bigger our body can be. Right. Yeah. And how much more unified as the church we can be, uh-huh. you know, cause I mean, and how I, many voices were already I, out there that we just never heard. I'm before. watching like all these yeah. denomination folks argue about like, Oh, I don't think we could do communion like blah, blah, blah. You know? And I'm like, and I'm able to click in and be like, listen, we've been to communion online for, you know, almost 20 years now, you know, and, right. and no one's burnt, burst into flames or anything like that. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> you know, but just have these, you know, Conver- yeah. normal conversations. Yeah. The wine turned back to water right in front of my eyes. <laughs> my wine turned to grape juice. This is <laughs> Yeah, well, it happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love I'd love to like work together with yeah. you guys and, and have something have something happen. That'd be awesome. Please. Yeah, like, we're we're trying real. to do more fellowship and, and and different things like that as well. Yeah, collaborations. Awesome. Outreach. Come in and cool. make some people's lives a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, do we have anything else? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you, Brian, so much for your time. And um, please, please, please do keep in contact with us if you have any ideas about us collaborating and 
Uh, I don't think it would really take much more than a few email exchanges and figuring out some technological stuff, and we could make that happen. Are you, are, so are, awesome. you, are you all regularly, weekly doing Zoom church then? Yeah, so we've been doing, like, since 2013, like a broadcast. So um, we already had, like, the platform in place oh, to just great. kind of put that's it up great. on YouTube Live and, like, the local cable channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've just been doing that and um, bringing folks in to, like, do the readings and um, that sort of thing. And so from, from, from the computer, from the TV, it looks pretty much the way it did before. Okay. You just preach into, like, a totally empty space. Uh, right. Uh, which is, like, a little unnerving. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so that's kind of how we've been getting by. We just did an outdoor um, worship service today for the first time. Oh, yeah, and, how was uh, that? It went okay. We had like twenty people, yeah. which cool. you know, yeah, it's good. It, it was it was just good to see folks. You know, Start, it's good to yeah. see people. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. Fill up your tank yep. a little bit with some fellowship. Yeah, I'm an introvert, and I was still like, oh, I miss you people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I re- I'm charged. I'm ready to go. Let's True see people testament. now. I need about three or four more months before I get there. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm extremely introverted. Unfortunately, Even then you'll hit the snooze button. Yeah, right? I'm like I gotta go. Sorry, yeah, guys, well, missed it. Know, I'm gonna sit in silence here after this to just like recharge my batteries. Uh, you know, right, 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 right. I'm definitely after today. We've had a long day today. I'm definitely gonna be yeah. snoozing. Yep, for sure. Yep. Well, thanks for for reaching out to us and doing this with us. And um, best of luck, man, with with what you're doing. And and, uh, thank you for your encouraging words. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you all for what you're doing. You're, you know, I know it's, it's, it's tough when you've got a online component of your, of your church that like you don't really see or touch base with often. And, um, but just like from one of the silent observers, like know that you're doing good work and uh oh, you know you. i i appreciate i appreciate the um the word that you've shared with me over and over again awesome thank you so much thanks a lot brian yeah all right all right brother one. we'll talk to you soon man all right sounds good bye-bye. all right bye-bye peace guys we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100 percent by listeners like you to make your 100 percent tax deductible donation today please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Pack your bags, we're heading west. Find a home there up ahead She said let's go, go while we can We left a note and off we ran We're following the sunset We're chasing tomorrow We're gonna face the future We're gonna take the long way home We saw the coast We crossed the sea
kept our eyes anywhere but east. We'd make our stop, we'd know the place. We'd find our home there any day. We're following the sunset, we're chasing We're gonna take the long way home If you like that, you might enjoy the Loose in the Bible Belt podcast with Jay Baker and me, Kristen Becker. I know from having two partners who passed away that people love to text a dead person's cell phone. This is a thing. Have any of any of the three of y'all ever texted wow. a dead person's cell phone? No. No, because no. you, you understand they're not looking at it, right? I don't know. It's right. I've listened to their voicemail before, but never texted them. Right, because voicemail, you, you're listening to the outgoing message so you can hear their voice, right? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, but like both my partners who passed away, I mean, hundreds of text messages. And they weren't meant for me, so I just turned the phone off because I'm like, I'm not supposed to look at this, you know? I mean, I definitely shouldn't reply. That would be terrible. So I started getting, I got like three of those messages, three or four. (laughs) And uh, I was like, all right, so people think I'm dead. So I have to go on social media. So I think what happened is because I wasn't on social media and there was like a little bit of a rumor mill, like people just, I guess, assume that I died. I guess they assumed. I don't know. Nobody will admit that they thought that. Like when I posted, hey, I'm not dead. (laughs) Nobody was like, oh, yeah, I heard. Everyone's like, oh, I didn't hear that rumor. Nobody's ever going to tell me they thought I was dead. But also, anyone could have checked it with anyone. My girlfriend, my two roommates in the queer community, like literally anyone you could have checked it with. 
That's like that social necrophilia. People love a dead person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it does keep them occupied for a few hours online. <laughs>